Alabama's quarterback competition is still undecided, and it makes for one of college football's biggest storylines heading into the summer. It is Friday, June 16th. This is the College Football Daily. I'm Lance Glenn. Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, and Tyler Buckner are fighting to start the season under center for the Crimson Tide. Who will it be? Well, that obviously remains to be seen. But joining me to discuss the state of the battle, the senior writer for Bama 247, John Talty. John, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate you giving me some time today. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. So, John, you have three fighting for the job that I just mentioned. Milrow, Simpson, and Buckner. Simpson, the five-star. Milrow, the only one to have actually started a game for Alabama in that room. And Buckner, of course, the Notre Dame transfer with connections to new offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. So I was thinking back in in the Nick Saban era, Alabama really hasn't had a quarterback that's made the fan base, I think, really nervous heading into the year. And especially over the last, you know, five, six years when you're going from Jalen Hurts to Tua Tungvaloa to Mac Jones to Bryce Young, right? Like there hasn't been that worry of like, do we have the guy under center who can get it done? And you know, obviously they've had guys become starters with no college experience, but again, that worry just never seems to have been there. To an unbiased observer like myself, that sort of seems to have changed this offseason. So, you know, before we really dive into the room and Alabama's offensive velocity heading into next season, what do you think just the level of confidence is? Or maybe a better question is, what's the level of worry at the position heading into 2023? Yeah, I think you make a good point there because I think if you go back a bit, I think you'd have to go all the way back to 2014-2015 where it felt open or maybe not as established of a kind of quarterback situation. And 2015 in particular was felt very wide open. You had, you know, Jay Cook, Cooper Bateman, uh, David Cornwall. I mean, you had all these different guys and it was very up in the air, uh, you know, really throughout fall. And then, you know, eventually Jake Coker was able to win that job. But that was probably the season that fans were just, you just really didn't know what to expect. Now, what's interesting about that is they ended up winning the national championship that year and they kind of figured out they went heavy with Derrick Henry that year, especially later on in the season, went heavier and heavier and heavier of Henry and rode him you know, to a Heisman season in a national championship. Could that happen again this year? That might be in part the playbook. They have a lot of talent at the running back position. Uh, Justice, Justice Haynes, a freshman, is already getting rave reviews. They've got multiple guys that could probably start at a lot of different schools. And so I think there's that potential of maybe going a little bit more old school. And I think that gives Alabama fans some confidence. Uh, now, you have to understand, too, that Alabama fans are always going to give Nick Saban the benefit of the doubt. So at other schools, there might be more panic, but I think there's still that Saban will figure it out. But certainly there's a lot more questions around this position than we have seen in a long time at Alabama. So let's get into this room now. And I mentioned earlier before Tyler Buckner coming over as a transfer from Notre Dame obviously has the connections to Tommy Reese. And when you bring in a transfer at that position, especially in the second transfer window in which they brought Buckner in, it's often a sign, I think, that you're not happy with your current room and the incoming players maybe as soon as he steps on campus, the favorite to win the job. Do you think that's the case with Buckner, especially with the connections with Reese and the fact that while, look, his starting experience is limited, he does have the most among the three competing for the position? Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in what you just said there. I think certainly, and Nick Saban has all but said this publicly, like they didn't love how their quarterback room looked by the end of, you know, spring camp. And you don't, like you said, bring in a 
another quarterback transfer who has had starting and has done other things, unless you at least think he has a chance to, whether it's win it or at least strongly push the other guys in that room to win the job. And so I think that's at a minimum what the expectations are. You know, I do think, especially when he first landed at Alabama, the obvious ties to Tommy Reese, there was kind of that feeling like, all right, are they bringing him in to be the starter? I think it's still a little too early to say that. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, you can kind of connect the dots and understand how you get to that point. But I I do think this is going to be a situation that will play out through fall camp. And again, if we just go back based on historical precedent with Saban, typically he's not going to name a starter when it's pretty open like this. He's going to wait pretty much rolling into that first game and you'll see somebody will take the first snap and then I'll be the guy. And so Tyler feels like a, you know, a good bet right now to to be that guy. But I think there's you know, a lot to go. And we'll talk about the other guys here in a second, but there's, those guys are going to push him hard. And I think some of the things we've seen Jalen Milrow do this summer already, you know, indicate he's not backing away at all. And you bring up Milrow and he's so interesting because obviously he started last year for Alabama when the injuries came to to Bryce Young. And he has such a unique skill set that it makes you wonder if he's not the starter, do you think he has a role in this Alabama offense moving forward, whether it's a special package, whether it's, you know, maybe even garbage time, whatever it may be? Do you think you'll see him on the field for Alabama, whether he's the quote unquote starter or not? Yeah, I think that, I think it's a great question. And I think, you know, on paper, it seems to make a lot of sense to do that. You know, I think he brings some unique skills. We saw his, you know, running ability. I think it was an Arkansas game where he had, you know, a huge game. I and mean, he's clearly an incredible athlete. And so you, you want to find a way to utilize that we saw that some when you know some of uh when Tua Tonga Valoa and Jalen Hurts were there we saw them use Hurts a little bit that way now just as a outside observer like I feel sometimes those packages can be a little predictable and so curious to see you know if Milrow's only coming in to run every time you see him come in is it worth it you know maybe goal line stuff like that obviously he's a bigger guy and can do some things that way so I'm curious to see how they use him regardless but just based on pure talent and what we know he's capable of, you, you want to find a, a way to get that guy in the field. And then the third competitor, of course, Ty Simpson. Look, he's the highest rated among the three. He was a five-star number four quarterback in the class of 2022. Do you think there's a sense, both for him and for the program, honestly, that if not now, then then when at Alabama for him, right? Like, you know, he's been there a couple of years at this point. Now, again, the highest rated of the group had plenty of offers from schools around the country. You'd think that like with Bryce Young moving on, the time for Ty Simpson is now, is there a kind of sense that like he's got to win this job or, or maybe his future isn't at Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I think there was some concern when they took Buckner that, you know, would one of these other guys leave? And to this point, all of them have obviously stayed, which I thought was interesting, especially in this kind of current environment with quarterbacks. I mean, we see them transfer all the time because, again, outside of there's a special package, there's only one who can play. And so what's interesting, too, is that, A, all these guys have eligibility passed this year. So if you don't win this year those guys can still be around. So it's not like it's, well, he's only here for a year and then I can take it. So that would have to be a, a major consideration. And then, you know, they're bringing in an extremely highly regarded quarterback recruit in this next class. And some people think he could potentially push for playing time right off the bat. So it does feel like there's a window. It's hard to say, well, if he doesn't win the job, he's out. But just again, just look at the you know overall kind of trend around college football. If you're running third or so in the pecking order and the top two guys in front of you are also coming back if you want to get on the field you got to go and so that'll be an interesting conversation that he'll have to have you know at the end of fall camp and then at the end of the season depending on how things shake out 
The competition's still up in the air, as we've obviously been discussing. But from what you're hearing on the program, do you think as we sit here in mid-June, recording on June 15th, the episode coming out June 16th, that someone is in the lead and has the leg up? Or at least as of right now, was it pretty much everyone on equal footing? Yeah, I don't know if I would say. I mean, I think that it feels like Buckner and Milrow are a step above Ty Simpson at this point. It feels like it's the battle is between more of those two guys um, at this moment. But, you know, what? what's... What's interesting about it is it just kind of depends on who you talk to. I mean, I think there's, it kind of feels like it's a little bit of a horse race where one guy feels a nose ahead one day, and then the next day something happens and people interpret that, you know, differently. I think when Tyler transferred to Alabama, there was the immediate connecting the dots. This guy feels like he'll be the guy just based on all the connections. Why would they bring him in unless they felt like he could be the starter? Then you see Jalen Milrow down in Tampa working with different Alabama players. And that's a pretty good sign that those guys would travel down to Tampa to work out with him. We've seen guys do that in the past when they're trying to build support in the locker room. That's an interesting factor. So there's just going to be those little things that I think are going to pop up in the coming months that you can interpret how you want. But I, I truly feel like there's not a guy far enough ahead on June 16th that we can declare him definitively the guy. I think it's truly going to be a pretty open competition in August. Uh, and, you know, we'll see We'll see how these guys prepare. And I think one of the things that we saw in spring was guys not always making the best decisions. And so I think we look back to more old school Alabama. One of the number one things Saban wanted was don't turn over the ball. Don't make bad decisions. I'd rather you do nothing and not make a mistake. And to me, that feels like Buckner could be the safest guy in that regard. But, you know, we'll see over the next couple months, you you know, who's able to prove in practice that they're not going to make a big mistake in a big moment. Do you think this could be one of those uh, we don't find out until we see who runs out on the field come game one? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, it just feels that way. Again, just in the years that I've been covering Alabama, there's a few, just been a few that have been like this, and that's how it felt. And again, I'll go back to 2015 where we saw – you know, a guy, Jay Coker starts the first game. And then in the third game, if you remember, they started Cooper Bateman against Ole Miss. He kind of loses the job midway through that game. And then Coker takes over and then he's the guy moving forward. 2016, Blake Barnett starts the game. He does like two or three series. Jalen Hurts comes in and he never walks off the field. He's the guy. So we've seen it a couple of times where you think you know, and even the guy who starts the game might not be the guy moving forward. But I do think, you know, of course, people like me are going to report what we're hearing and things like that. But I think until you see that guy get that first snap game one against Middle Tennessee State, I don't think there'll be definitive news of who the starter is before then. Follow John on Twitter at JTalty. And of course, make sure to check him out over at Bama247. So many exciting things happening over at Bama247. What can you tell our listeners about the new team site? Uh, what you what they have to look forward to in the coming weeks, coming months, and obviously leading up to the new season? Yeah, we're really excited about the, pe- the team that we've put together. We're finally all in place. Uh, got a really great veteran group of people. Uh, Kirk McNair has been covering Alabama for, I think, like 50 years. Uh, done an incredible job. Uh, we hired Mike Rodak, who previously covered Alabama with me at AL.com and covered the Buffalo Bills for ESPN. And you know, we've got Cody Goodwin and, and Brett Greenberg, who are two younger guys who are hungry and are you know, already cranking out content. So it's just a really good group of people. We're going to have you know good analysis, good recruiting coverage, good breaking news, all the things that you want uh, in your team coverage. So it's we're excited. We're just kind of cranking up here in June, but I think especially over the months to come and all this quarterback battle talk. You know, we'll have a lot of great coverage around that. John, thanks so much for joining me. Can you believe it? We really want a whole podcast first and foremost without diving deep into our Jersey routes. I know we did a little bit of that, a little bit of that beforehand, but uh, 
you know, we could frankly probably do a whole episode on that by itself. But uh, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate you coming on. We could have done a two hour podcast just talking about Jersey, you know, but we'll, we'll save that for that'll be like a, a, a deep subscriber cut podcast. You got to pay extra for <laughs> Absolutely. Remember, you can follow John on Twitter at Jay Talty. John, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. A big thanks to John Tolte for coming on the podcast. Make sure to check out Bama247.com for the best Alabama football, basketball, and recruiting coverage you can ask for. So before we go, this is the last episode of the College Football Daily. I want to thank everyone who's been involved with it, including Brandon Marcello and most notably Trey Scott. But while the College Football Daily is ending, there are still so many great podcasts and shows to check out. First, make sure to check out the Cover 3 podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Also, make sure to check out the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast with Andrew Ivins and Cooper Patagna. Listen to them every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, again, wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, make sure to check out the 24-7 Sports YouTube page for the College Football Recruiting Show every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern and all the other great YouTube shows and commitments we have on the channel. So for the last time, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening to the College Football Daily and have a great weekend.